Good morning, Noodleberg Daily Huddle for a Wicked Wednesday. Let's go, baby. A Trick Wicked you. Wednesday. Trick and it is a Wicked Wednesday because it's technically the Wednesday before Halloween. So it is as make, wicked as it gets. I don't make this shit up, man. <laughs> I mean, you do right. make it up. You do make it up. <laughs> but it's but it's in front of me. I'm just paying attention. <laughs> good morning. Good morning. I'm super excited that uh, – you and I will physically be in the same room today making a presentation. So that's we get to present to Brian Lynn's group at UKG. It's going to be an awesome presentation. We're going to go through some state of sales, some modern biz dev practices, and then we're going to get into LinkedIn and get in deep into LinkedIn. So it's going to be awesome. You know, I, I love what we do and we're going to talk about it in a minute, but you know, when we can help change people, how they operate daily, Lindsay, Debbie, you know, my group over at JA, um, that, you know, the, the stories they can tell you of pure success, you know, like when I was on stage telling people it's crazy, crazy <laughs> that it works and look at who shows up. Uh, Mark, remember I was telling you about this gentleman? Yeah, for sure. He had a great, uh, he gave a great piece of advice about services on your profile, and YouTube. And so, uh, Enric Blatt, welcome to the show. Um, you are one of the only other people I know that is putting out good stuff about LinkedIn. So uh, we are the right way to use LinkedIn. We're throwing it out there that we would like to schedule some time with you and our team to cross pollinate and see uh, what we can take from each other to give to our audience. Share best practices. Thank you for showing up. Uh, and, and you know that's an interesting thing because yesterday I was dealing with. I was talking with Christy, and Christy talked to me about, um, Shay, what was it called? Trip something? Trip reports. They do trip reports, which blew my mind. Mark, do you know what trip reports are? Yeah, I mean, they, where they travel to other stores, they share best practices on what they do well. And then, I mean, that's how they, that's how they came upon the ultimate update, was it, learning it about it from somebody else. I think it was Ritz Carlton, actually, that gave them the ultimate update. Christy, you know, starts talking about it like it's, you know, yeah, the trip report. And I'm like, yeah, Wait, <laughs> what the trip report is. And she goes, oh, we travel to competitors and we share and they come to us. And I'm like, wait a minute. In my day, if my competitor came anywhere near my front door, right, I had people standing there not letting them in, man. It was, you know, it's just a different era, I, I think. I think that I, I did it in coaching and it wasn't so the, the, the way that, it happened in football was you were allowed to travel to somebody who wasn't on the schedule or wasn't in your conference, somebody that there would never show up that you'd have to play against them. But I broke that rule and I would talk to anybody. I would talk to people that were in our division, people that were in our conference. If they were willing to open up the book for me, I'd open up the book for them and we go back and forth and that was where some of my best ideas on how to evolve what I was doing came from. I might not take exactly what they did, but it would create an idea for me that would help me implement something new within our system. Uh, what an amazing takeaway, because everything that I do is the bits and pieces of somebody else. And clearly what she, and I give her tons of credit for saying this, no matter what, even if you have the playbook, it's about how you execute. And even if you give somebody the tools, they're not going to execute the same way you do. That's what people buy is the you that validates the you in unique. 
So how uh, we do what we do is more important than what we do. I used to say it all the time in meetings. How we do what we do is what differentiates us from everybody else, especially in football, where everybody runs the same plays. The the, the rules, it's a a finite game. It's not an infinite game. There are very defined rules. There's very defined number of people. You can only do certain things. So it really comes down to how you do those things that differentiate you. Love it. Love it. Love it. We got a packed show. We have a special guest today. Our friend Chaz Warrington is here. A big, um, big bear hug to him. We're going to talk about LinkedIn. We're going to talk about um, the upcoming event tomorrow night at Hard Rock. But before we get going, you know, we need to listen to some music. Come on, Shay. Teddy says, come on now. Man. <laughs> come on. Come on now. You got to go. Um, trick or treat. Uh, <laughs> oh, man, you know what? We got a couple of days left. Um, we've been pounding. You see the pink pumpkins. If Think about if you know somebody in your life that's been touched by cancer. I challenge everybody. It's hard to get away from it. So, you know, the American Cancer Society, specifically breast cancer, we're raising awareness. We're raising funds. Uh, Shay, show me what Friday's event is. Learn LinkedIn like a pro. We're going to spend an hour with you. We're asking you to spend $99. And you get to spend an hour with us, question and answer, you know, firing stuff at you. If you have not, if you show up here every day and have not put anything in the kitty for this, I'm very disappointed. I don't push. I don't shove. Mark and I do this for you. This is my ask. Trick or treat, put something in the basket. You can scan the QR code, right, which will take you to the donation page if you just want to make a donation. Or you can go sign up for LinkedIn like a pro on Friday, spend an hour, let your dollars work for you and for American Cancer so that we can do some research for breast cancer. Awesome. A couple of shout outs. Uh, Shout out to Howie Craw, who I saw in the gym this morning. He is inspired by my roadmap. We have the same trainer. And so uh, shout out to him. I'm doing three in a row. I'm doing a three pack. Today I was all about resistance. I was locked into a hundred pound resistance doing the boxing. It was great. Great to see you. Great to follow up. Shout out to Lori and Andrea um, who are were shouting me out or calling me out that I wasn't able to go to uh, meet them in Lauderdale last night. But uh, great that you guys did that. So without further ado, I want to bring on our friend, our client, man about town, pro wrestler, Chad. Good morning. How are we doing? Look at you. Fantastic. <laughs> Fired so up and ready to go. You, um, you, you are, you know, our, fr- our relationship has changed from business to friendship. We met through uh, when I was doing all the work for Dex. So why don't you tell us who you are, what you do, 
um, speak a little bit about what LinkedIn has done for your life, and then let's get into what we're doing tomorrow night at the Hard Rock. Okay, first of all, I just want to touch on execution. Um, you guys mentioned execution. So a little bit about me. Um, I work for Dex Imaging. We basically, we sell copiers and printers, and there's a lot of other things we do that set us apart. But my background is I am a professional wrestler, um, still wrestle, but I am a former WWF tag team champion. That's my, this side, that's my belt right up there. Um, all my action figures back there. Um, <laughs> And I have one right here because you guys are wrong, me. baby. The headbanger crew. Let's go. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's a little bit about my background, which has actually to me when it comes to LinkedIn. Um, one of the things I did when I first met Steve was I said to him, I have this wrestling background, but I never threw it out on LinkedIn. And he looked at me and he goes, that's the dumbest thing you've ever said in your life right there. <laughs> you need you need exactly. to put that out there because what's worked out for me now is that is the what I consider the greatest icebreaker ever, um, especially when I meet with people and they ask, because the thing about LinkedIn is they get to know you, they learn about you. And what happens is, so when you go on LinkedIn, you want to, you're getting ready to meet with someone, you do research about them. Well, when they know they're meeting with you, they're researching you. So if they go on there and they see nothing, it's kind of nothing to talk about. Um, but when they see stuff about you, like I said, it's an instant icebreaker. It's a way to find the commonality. But going back to what you guys talked about with execution, as you know, Steve, I play kickball. Um, I've been playing kickball for geez, almost 15 years at a pretty high level. I've won five national championships, um, but who's counting because I'm getting ready to win six this year. Of course um, you are, man. But are one of the things... Are competitive? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but one of the things about it is, is now I'm playing with a younger crew and we're trying to teach them the execution of, you know, bunting and kicking and the strategy about it. And they say, I'll yell at them, bunt up three or bunt up one or kick away. And they go, well, why are you letting the other team know what you're doing? And like Mark said, in football, everyone kind of knows the same plays. You know what you're going to do. But if you execute it the way it's got to be, they got to beat it. They got to stop it, which they can't. And my meatball kickball team, they couldn't. So I love it. <laughs> love the execution. Uh so, Jazz, you and I have had this great friendship, great coaching. Um, you understand the power of coaching, and I totally enjoy uh, where our relationship has gone. Um, that led you to take a board seat at JA, uh, which is fantastic. Um, we've done some great work together, but you and I are co-chairing an event tomorrow night called The Ultimate Night Out. Tell us about it. There may be some tickets left. I spoke to Lori yesterday. I was unclear whether there are tickets left, but we're going to have a kick-ass time with Michael Imperioli tomorrow. Yeah, so Ultimate Night Out started as um, actually the ultimate guys' night out with a group of men meeting over cigars and whiskey just to figure out different ways to raise money um, to help junior achievement, which helps the future of our country with kids and financial literacy and a bunch of other um, tremendous stuff. But yeah, tomorrow night with Steve, David Greenberg, and myself, we're co-chairing it. Um, we have Michael Imperioli for, um, from The Sopranos. Um, he's going to be there. It's going to be a great event. We're going to raise a boatload of money. But one of the ways, if you can't make it, because I think if there are seats left, I think there's only maybe 10 tickets left. But um, I'm going to put in the chat right now. So the silent auction is up. And I just put the link. Oh, Jay, okay, he just did it. Um, so the Good. link's there to go and buy, to start bidding on some of the silent auction stuff. 
So if you can't make it, you can still click the link and go. And there's a lot of a lot of great stuff there. Well, one of the things that's in there, of course, our friend uh, Eddie Dykes from Weston Jewelers, who is the un most unbelievable social and community oriented guy. Of course, he's sponsored. He has a table. Jesse will be there with his friends. They donated a watch, which nobody needs to worry about uh, bidding on because I'm buying it. <laughs> yeah, well, then there's other great memorabilia stuff. I'm looking at it right now. There's signed memorabilia. Bob Goldfarb's put in um, one of his custom tailored jackets. There's actually a WWE belt in there signed by Sergeant Slaughter. Um, yeah, there's all kinds of great stuff. On wait there. a so minute, wait a minute. Check it Do you out. know Sergeant Slaughter? I know Sarge. Sarge is awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yes, uh, I know Sarge. He's awesome. <laughs> so Lori says that it's sold out, but if you want to reach out directly to her, she'll do what she can to help, which is an awesome thing. Oh, don't let me forget Jeff Bishop with Ryder uh, Logistics. He's going to be there. He's bringing some power hitters. It's going to be a great night. I mean, it is. The format is great. It's dinner. It's drinks. It's socializing, and then it's a one-on-one -on -one with uh, Michael Imperioli smoking Which, cigars outdoors. It's going to be unbelievable. So we plugged his Sopranos character, but is there anybody out there that can tell me the character that had an insect name that, in my opinion, is also as legendary as his Soprano character? He played a role as an insect? Not as an insect. He had an insect name. Oh, oh, it was in... Um, oh, was don't in say the movie. Don't say the movie. Don't say the movie. Oh, my God. He played that role. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> okay. So, so it classic was in... mob film. Classic right. mob film. Go where he it. is the help in, in, in the crew. And he actually ends up getting killed. And the character name is a insect name. If anybody out there can tell me what it is, we'll throw you some swag or we'll create something for you. Ah, Michael McKay, <laughs> Coach Mike. Riders. Riders. <laughs> hey, Coach. Coach Mike, if you're in town, call me. Maybe you'll come to the event with us. You'll be That's my awesome. guest. That'd be great. That's awesome. So he is Spider in the movie Goodfellas, for those of you who didn't know. So to uh, wrap it up, Mr. Uh, Mr. Chaz, um, just talk to us about the state of business. What do you do to keep yourself motivated moving forward? I know we talk about it all the time, but, you know, when people told me, you know, in these, you know, uh, uncertain times, I'm like, when the hell was it certain? So, you know, talk to now, me. My, my thing is, is, and you and I spoke about this, so I can bring it up. And I had posted about it um, on LinkedIn and Facebook and Instagram kind of about my journey was I got stuck in just a funk being in my own head. And one of the things, and I shared on my whiteboard, I have right at the top of it sitting right here is control the controllable. So for me, what keeps me going is staying in my, I've created a bubble around myself. And if it affects me, I let it in my bubble. If it doesn't affect me, I let it bounce off and go away and stay focused that way. Um, so for me, I mean, business is great. Business is booming. Um, I just, just finished last year. So we had our trip last weekend down at, we were down at Trump and Doral for our DEX trip, our annual incentive trip. There it is. And it did the $2 million club and did the most business with Great America Leasing, which was $5,000 for my team, um, which I'm not doing any of that without my team. Uh, Leanna and Jody are the best. They keep me in line. So I've created, they're in my bubble. I've created this bubble. And again, for me, it's working. As long as I stay in my bubble, everything's good. 
So um, that's really awesome. So good to hear. Uh, Mark, we, you know, we keep talking about doing this time management thing. Uh, yeah. We don't have time today. We'll bump into tomorrow or Friday. Friday will be a rough day because we'll be out late with all of the guys. So why don't we keep Chaz here? Do you have any questions for Chaz or anybody in the huddle this morning? Um, if you have a question for Chaz, if you have a question, let's do some Q&A. Yeah. You know, I'd like to ask Chaz a question because I think, you know, the work that started with Dex was to modernize the sales process. And aside from the tactic of using LinkedIn to market yourself, to create inbound opportunity, what were maybe some of the other major takeaways that really changed? Look, you were successful in sales for a long time. What were some of the other major takeaways that helped you stay successful or become more successful in the modernizing of the process? Good question. Um, I think using the technology has been very helpful. I I'd never, I'd, first of all, I didn't know about Vidyard. Um, you guys, Steve introduced me to Vidyard. Vidyard to me is the greatest thing ever. Um, I did a thing with our team in Houston last week, and they were asking about things I do now differently than before. I mean, differently now is I'm here in the home office. I'm here most of the time and I do everything right here. So the Vidyard leaving messages and being able to do Zoom has changed everything. I don't like going and my team knows it. I don't like going to an appointment, initial appointment, unless it's I do Zoom first. I don't want to go there unless it's through here because I found back in the day and even two years ago, it was drive 45 minutes to an hour to go. This just isn't a good fit. I mean, using technology now and being able to do virtual meetings with someone, I can figure out within five minutes if it's a good fit or not. And then from there, it's like just I'm straight up. I'm very type A. It's OK. This isn't going to be a good fit. So I don't want to waste your time. I don't waste my time. Thanks. Got to go. Uh, so uh, uh, yeah, the technology side has been amazing. So you completely transitioned the way the process was. So when you talk about controlling the controllables in sales, like you have your bubble, you've built your circle of people that you work with that keep you in line. But when you talk about tactically controlling the controllables, what does that mean for you in your process? Um, it just means sticking, sticking to the process. There's a process that we kind of have between the three of us. We each kind of have our own roles. Um, I have Leanna, who's basically, she hammers out 80 to 100 phone calls a day and emails, and she keeps me busy with appointments. It allows me to focus on doing this stuff, running the appointments and getting out in the community and doing more stuff. And then I have Jody on the back end where there's problems and issues and paperwork and stuff. She's able to just run with all of it. So I've said that we've set this up where we focus on each other's strengths um, to make it stronger and better. And then there's someone to pick up the weakness where some the whole team aspect works out well that way. If awesome. that makes Two any questions sense. coming up. One yep. from Mr. Stabali, which is really strong. He's like, how have you adjusted your business strategy over the last two years, assuming people are buying less printers? Um, and he also agrees on the Zoom first. Of course, Dave is a friend and a client as well. So um, the strategy lives, maybe. But answer that. And then Chris Pollock has a question. How did you get started in WWF? So that'd be a great question. As well. Okay. So as far as the printers go, actually, people aren't buying less. They're just doing it differently. So there's actually buying more because now they're... So what they did for the longest time is everybody wanted to 
um, decentralized. They wanted everyone, they wanted to put one copier, one big copier in the middle of the office, so everyone had to go to that. Um, and then they found out it was the copier was turning into the water cooler because everyone would stand around the copier talking. And now with everything that's going on with COVID, now they want everything, they want everyone to have their own printer. So the printing's the same. Now they're just doing smaller units scattered all over. And one of the things Dex did right at the beginning of COVID, they were smart enough to realize, hey, this could linger for a while. So we created the whole work from home thing, which Steve got on board with, um, with the machine. So we came up with totally different programs to help out with that. So people are actually getting more printers and more MFPs than they were before. It's just smaller and different and spread out more in their offices. And I throw back. that back in Mark's face because I like paper. <laughs> <laughs> Look, so do I. I've got all my notes right here. Paper has a purpose. Don't get me wrong. Paper has a the, purpose. Here's the Every best day for it. the huddle agenda, maybe not. <laughs> so here's the funny part is paper consumption is actually up. Everyone wants to go paperless. It's just less paper. Paper consumption's up, and I'm guilty of it because I'll take this and make notes, and then I scan it in and save it, and then I throw it away. And then when I need it again, I print it out. I gimmick up my notes, and then I throw it away again. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, transition, if you would, for Chris Pollock, how did you get into WWF? I love this. I'm recommending it be part of your book. So keep an eye out. But here you'll hear, hear it first. So basically, I wrestled amateur from third grade through high school and a little bit of college. And there was a there's a there's a flea mart by my house in New Jersey. Uh, it was called the Clementon, the Route 30 Flea Mart in Clementon, New Jersey. This is from and, so he's the Jersey guy. <laughs> okay, so uh, yeah, so I I drive by sometimes, and there'd be this big giant truck out front, and with spray painted handwriting awful on the side, pro wrestling Saturday night, seven thirty. So one Saturday night, I had nothing going on, so I went in. I was a fan. I used to go over, take the speed line over, go to the Spectrum in Philly, and watch all the time. So I was like, oh, let me check this out. And it was the cheesiest, one of the most awful things I've ever seen. But it intrigued me because I found out it was a school also. So the trainer at the school was their heavyweight champ. And he actually wrestled as the spider. Um, so afterwards, I started talking to him. And it turns out that our high schools wrestled each other. So we knew of each other. And he convinced me to come down and do a tryout. And at this point, I was, I don't know, 190 pounds soaking wet. And I'm like, oh, I got to put some weight on. Let me learn a little bit. You know, let me put some weight on and get bigger. And he said, no, the best time to learn is to do it now as you put weight on. Long story short, it turns out that my partner now um, was the trainer. So he trained me. So we've been together since June of 93. So June of 93, I started July of 93. I was on WWF TV, just getting the shit kicked out of me, which was amazing, um, which will be in my book, which is I'm working on. Um, but yeah, then fast forward to April of 94, basically we took off and we went to Memphis, Tennessee. We were there for like six months, Jonesboro, Arkansas for a little over a year, then Knoxville, Tennessee for a little over a year. Then we went up to Michigan for a while. There used to be all these little territories where you can hone your craft and get better, which they don't have anymore. And then finally, uh, November of 96, we got the call from WWF that they wanted, they wanted us to come up and. It wasn't a full-time contract. It was just a part-time contract, but we were like, hey, it's our foot in the door. And then from there, we just took off and the silly personalities came out and fans kind of liked us, so it kind of stuck. And then they made action figures of us and gave us belts and all this other stuff. So, uh, 
He wears a skirt. Man. Real men wear skirts. It's One right final question about wrestling, because I'm a huge believer in transferable skills. Obviously, athletes make great employees because of the team mentality and overcoming adversity and all that. But for you personally, what what were maybe one or a couple of the biggest transferable skills that came from wrestling that made you successful as a professional? Actually, the, the biggest is probably the opposite of what you're asking. And what I mean by the opposite is, is I never really studied the business. Um, I think a lot of guys who are really, really successful, um, like The Rock, um, Edge, um, guys like that who really elevated themselves, really studied the business. I didn't. I went, did my job, and got out. So one of the things now with going back, going into sales is it's, it, I said I studied more. I learned more about the equipment at first. I learned more about this. I learned about the business. I read more books. I had to, I had to figure things out. But probably the biggest thing is, is one of the things with wrestling that made our characters, the headbangers, so over and people liked us, we were just ourselves. And one of the things with sales now for me is I'm just myself. So if we have an appointment or we do a Zoom call, how I'm talking right now is how I am all the time. And it's either you like it or you don't. So probably the biggest thing I learned is to study more, learn, and then just be yourself. The whole thing is just your personality is going to come out. And if you get along, you get along. If you don't get along, it's not going to matter anyway. You can't force it. Mark, how does it get better than that? Well, Chaz, just you absolutely crushed it today on the show. So thank you so much you the best. for a great huddle. Like, this is Did you, hold on. Did you expect me not to crush it? <laughs> I rolled I in with my squad. <laughs> So uh, in closing, two things. Speaking about paper, Randy Ostrow, once again, with a handwritten note, thanking us for how we've impacted his life and his career. Nice stock, personal card. Way to go, brother. You are bringing it every day. And I promise you, we will bring you this time management thing, but we'll close out with some motivational music. That's all about time. To find that you planned it all along